Blog Talk Radio. To all my people in the struggle, you think God's forgotten about you. Here's some pain medicine. Let's go!
and I give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Guests, if you'd like to call in, the number is 818-688-5678. And just call in to give a comment, call in to ask for prayer, whatever you need. I tell you what, I will not deal with any foolishness from the devil, so if you're coming out any kind of way, I will mute you. You will not have God's airway. So with that, I want to just come to you and tell you what has been going on. I had named this Santa Catalina, 20 miles in the ocean, and still in L.A. Yes, the Lord has sent me to Santa Catalina Island. And it's so amazing how in my walk with the Lord, I don't always know what I'm going to do, don't always know where I'm going to stay, don't always know who he has, who he's going to send me to. But once I said yes to him and said for him to lead and guide me, doesn't mean I don't have my pity parties or my why, Lord, why. But when I do hear from him and when he speaks, whether it's to, through my spirit or audibly or through the vessels that he has ordained to speak into my life, and I know his voice, that I'll be obedient. So, yes, I was sent to Catalina Island. But before I get there, I realized that there's a big gap of an up, of updates. And I think a lot of times I used to say, Lord, why do people need to know my testimony? Why do they need to know my walk? And he showed me years ago when he had me write my first book, Be Made Whole. And um, some of you have asked where you can get that. You can go to Amazon.com. It's Be Made Whole. And it's under my um, given my birth name, Kathy Armstrong. My Ariel is my spiritual name. And that is what the Lord wants me to use from now on, my spiritual name, whenever I publish, whenever I do any blog talk radio, any type of film, I have to use the word Ariel. Not only do, deals with airways, but it um, means Lion of God and a Hebraic name for Jerusalem. So there's a big gap that a lot of you have wondered about. And I think sometimes when I talk about my testimony, which is really, you know, my walk with the Lord, it uh, may not be perfect, but it's my, it's my walk. It gives hope to those of you who are maybe challenged to walk in faith, gives, you know, insight and to maybe how God works sometimes and how even as we as human beings may not know exactly what we're doing, but as he said, if we just, you know, he said he orders our steps. So if we make a step, he will open up doors and open up avenues and just show you. And when you look back, you're like, whoa, I see how God was in this and this and this. So what I want to go back is a couple of years. I think the year was 2000 and not 2010, right before he sent me to L.A., I had met a young man who was at this organization that I um, I do some work with. God has given me the um, ability to work independent contractor uh, work where I can um, I fly usually back east or sometimes on the West Coast. And it's just amazing favor. In this organization, I was able to work at the UCLA um, campus, and they had a lot of high schoolers there for film and arts. And here again, God's calling me to that area. Where well, the young man named Christian, and Christian 
it's sometimes you just know you connect with people and you don't really understand why. Well, this young man had wanted to put on a conference where he lived back in Wisconsin, and he talked about it and challenges, and I just encouraged him to continue on and doing what he needs to do. And I said, you know, definitely talk to your parents because, you know, I know as an educator with, you know, he's like 17, 18, and, you know, with students and how you want to have everything up decent above board. So his parents said it was fine. So we had conversations back and forth, and he was a little bit um, taken back and discouraged because the board had said no. And I just said, you know what, Christian, next year you're going to do it on your own. You can produce this on your own. And so he was so encouraged. And I remember one time he um, – called me and I was at the grocery store and I just stopped and I prayed with him. So I'm telling all that because about nine months later, I had gotten a call. I was coming from um, the Washington, D.C. area. And what happened is that I was at the train station and a young lady had came uh, called me and she had said, had you had you um, talked to Christian? And I said, no, I haven't. She said, well, Christian died. And I said, what? She said, he died in his sleep of a brain lesion. So I was devastated. Well, what she said is the community got together and wanted to give a memorial conference in his honor, the exact vision he had that he had told me about. And she asked, could I come? And I said, certainly I will. So she had called me back and said that she was going to talk to the school board because she felt like one of the things I should talk about was maybe a little bit of Christian's life, how I knew him, what what kind. They had already known about him. I did not know he had done a, an immense body of work being just, really, to be honest, he lived out his name. He was Christian. He lived the love of God. And so she said she wanted to entitle Christianity 101, and I thought it was perfect because, you know, I love how sometimes God will open up a door and it may be one thing and then you go in and then there's something different. So she had told the school board that, you know, I was a minister and that how Christian met me, and there were going to be over 200 high schoolers there from the three public schools. And I was going to teach on personalities, and that's how God allows sometimes for me to come in and then, you know, talk about God-given personalities. Well, when I arrived, I had um, met Christian's mother, and she hugged me, and she gave me a clipboard, and she told me that she was so grateful because the time I had ministered to Christian when I was in the store, she said that he ran into her room and said, Mom, she stopped what she was doing and prayed for me. And she said that meant so much for him, to him. And see, the clipboard is very important because Christian had a clipboard wherever he went. Then I met his father, and he hugged and thanked me for being in Christian life. And he gave me a DVD of his funeral. And I saw it later, and I was just blown away at how this community, uh, gosh, I think it was about maybe 5,000 people came out for his funeral and testimony after testimony about the love that Christians have. Well, the students arrived, and as they came, they sat down, and what I didn't know, which blew me away, but showed how God was even in the process of putting this together, is they said, well, we have something for you, and they looked over at me and said, Christian would like to introduce you, and I looked like, What? 
because this young man had been dead for, you know, almost a year at this time. And so here on the screen, he had put together a video, and he was introducing me. And I tell you, I just started to cry. It was just amazing what he had done. And here he was, just as said, he was putting on this conference. Well, later on, I had the ability of uh, the the privilege of being able to talk about Christian and talk about God's love and talk about the Lord. And then I said, you're going to be the first ones to see a movie that God put together. And he had me put this together for him. And they were the first group of people to see the short film that God um, allowed me to produce and direct, although he was the executive producer and director. And, you know, it's just amazing. So the kids watched it, and I looked at their faces, and I can see how God was weaving in his love and his mercy in this film, and it was grabbing the, 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 the kids. And I was saying, you know, this is coming to pass, what you showed me in 1994, that you're going to use film to pierce through the darkness to grab hold of people that would maybe not even be in church, but they'll go to a movie. So I was seeing a little of this come to pass. And so afterwards, I asked if anybody wanted prayer. You know, I literally spoke the gospel, and uh, maybe about 16 people came down for prayer. And it was such a mighty move of God to these high schoolers. And I loved ministry, God's love. Well, it when I left there, I came back to Los Angeles, and here it was, and I knew that I was leaving on April 2nd. The premiere of the Los Angeles was May, um, in the end of March. I had already packed up all my things. I was staying at my mentor's house. I knew I was going to Virginia Beach for a few days to stay at Bethel's house, and then I was going to go over to um, Alan Renee Hart and the line of Judah Worship Grounds. And so I came back, and I had so many emotional things going on because I knew that I was leaving, but I knew God was going to send me back to Los Angeles. Um, but it was still hard to leave and leave people that I love. And although I had the promise I'll be back, I didn't know when, where, how, or anything. So as I went to um, was making my way to the East Coast, I got stuck in Dallas. And literally, we were on the tarmac, and golf ball-sized hail came down, and we were the next plane to take off. And then they pulled us back in the terminal and said, everyone out, take cover. We did that, so now people, thousands of people were stranded, but not I. God had already made it so that my flight angel, as I call her, she's the person that God has put in my life to um, to to give me flights whenever I have to do ministry. She lives in Dallas, so I called her up, and sure enough, as soon as she picked me up, went over to some people's house, and there was an opportunity to minister. So wherever I'm at, God opens up doors. So now I go to my friend Bethel's house. We go to a um, senior living place where there's a lot of Jewish um, seniors there, and just so happened that the ladies she introduced me to, they talked about when they found out that I had been to Israel, they were so impressed. I was telling them all about the various places in Israel. So this was a way of God opening up the door. And they had said, oh, I heard you did a movie. Um, I said, yeah, well, I have a copy of it. It's a short film. Would you like to see it? And they did. And I just, again, I'm seeing how God is planting seeds. 
you know, watering the ground, and he gets all the glory. And it's, I just say it's just like God to take this black woman to tell them about their home country and tell them how it's my home country, too. And when I told them my spiritual name, they knew what that meant. So it was just amazing. So later I went to the Lion of Judah worship grounds for Passover because the Lord has allowed me to, um, well, has shown me throughout the years that Jesus, Yeshua, Hamashiach, he is Jewish. He came up Jewish. And the feast are still for such a time as this. Never was it just for a people group. See, the Jews are to bless the nations, and we have to honor the roots of our our faith. And it's, it, to me, it's like no-brainer when you start looking at the feast and what they represent. It all points to Christ. Well, while we were there, it was a couple of us on the porch, and this is out in the country, and there was the family of the hosts were there, and this young boy comes up, and he says, can I stay with you guys? And so we all kind of look knowing that if he wants to hang around us, then God's pulling him there. So after a while, there was some things that had been said, and he had said God had shown him the exact things we were talking about. And right now I can't go into detail because there's some things that are going to be manifesting in the future. Um, and these were strategic, and we had to hear this young boy tell us what God had shown him. So then I flew from Raleigh, North Carolina to Washington, D.C., and I stayed at my son's house, and I got to see my family there. Um, and then I was able to go over to some friend's house in Colonial Beach. Then I flew back to Texas and met with some powerful women of God. And a one amazing person I met, we were only supposed to speak for about a half hour. Um, she, Her name is... Um, Katie Griffith, she has a book, which I have, everyone needs to get this book. Go to Amazon and get this book, Sons of El Elyon, E-L-E-L-Y-O-N, The Seed War. <laughs> Excuse me. We talked for five hours. This was so God-ordained. And a lot of times how God will show me that this is truly him, that there's truly a connection, is he will give me signs and wonders that follow. Well, the next day, as I'm reading her book, because um, she gave me her book, and we were going through a military base, and as I looked in the book and looked down, the person who was in charge, the person who was in charge, oh, excuse me, the person who was the protagonist of the book was going through a military base at this time. And then as my parents, because I was sitting in the back seat, they were driving, and I was saying, wow, that's no coincidence. I'm going on a military base, and the protagonist is coming through a military base. So my parents say, well, why don't we go to Galveston, So, which is real close, and so as I looked up and saw the sign, Welcome to Galveston, next thing you know, Galveston is where the protagonist is going. So needless to say, I knew that in the future that I will definitely be having some part in this with this book. And so now God has now opened up a way. I had had a prophetic word, and I knew that God was, letting me know that it was time to go back to Los Angeles. Well, 
open up an, um, an opportunity, and he said it may look like a few steps back, but you're going for connections, but it also was for healing. So what happened is I got a call, and they said, you know, that you're hired, and can you come um, on the 22nd of June? And I said, yeah, I'll be flying back in L.A. on the 20th, so I had to repack and move. And so here's the thing, and I, if you go back to some of the archives, I did not know Santa Catalina Island was really an island in the ocean. I thought, now I know what an island is, so I'm not dumb. I thought, because sometimes on the East Coast, you may have a little bridge, and you can go to a little island, which is not very big, and that's like a little resort. So that's what I thought. So when I started Googling Catalina Island, then I'm like, what? It's out in the ocean? 20 miles, and then I had to realize how I had to get there, and I went, oh, no wonder I didn't have to come in for an interview, and we just did it over the, um, you know, I sent a video resume, and then we did a, a talk, so I get to Catalina Island, and on the very first day, they had me stay a couple of days before I had to start training, and so for the very first day, I get there, and I'm looking out, and I'm marveling that I'm actually on this beautiful island, and I look out into the ocean, and I see my first dolphin. Well, I just, you know, something inside of me just welled up. And sometimes you never know, but God sometimes gives you gifts. And you, you don't really realize it, but you're, 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 your soul knows this is something special. So I was just like, why am I kind of emotional about seeing this dolphin? And then I went, ah. That's right. When I was a young girl, my favorite book was Island of the Blue Dolphins. And then someone said, had you look up the name Santa Catalina and you found out what that means? And so I looked up and it meant St. Catherine's Island. And I went, oh, my God. Kathy is a name, you know, like a short name for Catherine. And so it's like you're coming to your own island. And it's still in Los Angeles. This is crazy. So I, my friend Bethel said, you know, the Lord is saying in the next 24 hours he's going to amaze you. And I went, what? Okay. So I remember, um, or surprise you, and so I remember I was walking up. I had seen this huge cross on the top of this hill. So I tried to, uh, well, I did. I found where it was, and it's beautiful. It's called the point, and it looks out over this, point and you can look down into the town of Avalon which is gorgeous and you can look across and on a clear day you may be able to see what we call the mainland which is Long Beach the Los Angeles County area and as I was standing there there's a little bench and on this bench it's like maybe a foot before the drop I mean you're dropping oh gosh maybe mm, a little less than a thousand feet and so I'm sitting there, you know, and you're, and all of a sudden, here comes two deer flying past my feet. And I was like, whoa, this is amazing. And so I just, it's like the thing that came up in my spirit was about how beautiful is the feet of those who, you know, preach the gospel and how you'll be on hind feet. Oh, I know it is. Psalm 18, 32 and 30, 34. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He causes me to stand on the heights. 
Well, it was just amazing. And one of the things that was also God was doing is I have from a long time ago, have, the enemy has used the bondage of fear. Ever since I was little, even when I was an adult, I got to the point I was agoraphobic. I wouldn't come out of my house. I would run out of the store. And God has shown me that was a spirit of fear. And it had plagued me for so long. They thought I needed Valium and this whole story. It's in my book, Be Made Whole. And through that, I realized that God said, not me, but God said, I should not give you a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. So I knew that any time fear tried to grip me, it wasn't from God. And he wanted me to overcome. So when I knew in ministry I had to fly, and I fly a lot all over pretty much the world all the time, that people think, oh, you have no fear of flying. Uh, well, let's put it this way. I know I'm not going anywhere because it's not my time, and I put my trust in the Lord, and I fly regardless. Well, here in this island, I had to take all the tours that go into the interior of the island. It's 28 miles, and it's all mountainous, and there are no guardrails. So you can imagine the challenge that happened. And he was literally dealing with my fear of heights. To the point of by you know a couple of months I'm riding in Humvees and I'm they're swinging around the mountains and I'm just like yay you know because it's like wow God you are taking me to a level you're stretching me further than I ever thought and I can see the Father say I just wanted you to know that I kept those deer from falling and they didn't worry and I will keep you daughter from falling off the cliff. That's the God we serve. And I just say that while I was there, I learned because they knew I had background in tourism. They asked if I could do tours at this big building that um, they call it the casino building, but there's no gambling. But it's very historic. Since 1929, there's been over um, 500 movies made there. And I went, what? What, God? The Ten Commandments, the original Ten Commandments was made on Catalina Island. Legendary great directors, Cecil B. DeMille, D.W. Griffith, all of these legends that started Paramount, MGM, uh, Warner Brothers, they all filmed there. And the building where I actually gave tours there is where they would watch the daily rushes, as they call, each day. So I was in the building of these greats. I was at what they call the genesis of filmmaking. And it's so God to look, to have me be so strategic there because the first place he had me live was Hollywood. And now I'm living in the second place of importance to Hollywood. This was Hollywood's magical island, Catalina. I also found out that Ronald Reagan was discovered there. A block from where I lived is where the then Norma Jean Baker, who became Marilyn Monroe, lived. I mean, it's just amazing, the history. And during that time, God showed me, and I had my first film, um, excuse me, my first submission 
to a film festival that was actually granted to Los Angeles, Los Angeles came while I was on Catalina. And again, it's, since God opened up the door, he gave me favor with my boss that I was able to leave and go to first Atlanta to the Kingdom Wood Film Festival. And that was just amazing to be as a filmmaker, knowing that your film had been selected. And then I got an email from Holly Shorts, <laughs> which is a secular film festival, which is like the premier short film festival in Hollywood. And in the email, they said, you know, Los Angeles wasn't selected for the film festival, but there are eight film directors that we want to have their films shown. In the next year, because of we came so close, and it was just amazing how God was opening that. And then I got an award for the for Los Angeles from the Redemptive Film Festival. So I just want to say that at, in Catalina, it's been amazing. I will give you some more updates. I will be bringing on more people. If you like to um, have a copy of Los Angeles and like to have a do donation given. Contact me at my email at hollywoodlion at gmail.com and just put in there that you'd like a copy of the film and, and then there's a PayPal that I can send the link for you to make a donation. Or if you don't have the money, that's fine. I will give you a link for a Dropbox to get the film. So with that, I love you and I look forward to speaking to you next week. Again, bye-bye. To all my people in the struggle. You think God's forgotten about you? Here's some pain medicine. Let's go! <laughs> you in your car. You at the house. On your job. Be encouraged, boo. Come on! Come on.